Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Go Forth program. My name is Ben O'Young. I am your host, and I'm happy to introduce you to Sister Betsy Conway, a sister of St. Joseph from Boston. Hello, Sister Betsy. Hello, Ben. It's nice to be here. Wonderful. Could you please lead us in an opening prayer? I'd be happy to. My prayer is a reflection from the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke on the Transfiguration. So let us pray. In you, Jesus, heaven meets earth. In you, Jesus, we hear echoes of God's great love for you and God's beloved ones. In you, Jesus, we see the glory beyond the struggle, the hope beyond the fear, and the promise of the power of love. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sister, could you please share with the listeners the missionary focus of the Sisters of St. Joseph. Okay. Like all religious congregations of women religious, what we call a charism. And that is really a unique call through which we minister. And so our charism is unifying love. And that comes from the prayer of Jesus in the Gospel of John. My prayer is that all may be one, as you are in me, God, and I am in you. May we all be one, that we would know that we are one in God. So that is really the foundation on which we stand. And so in all of our relationships, that's the thrust, is that to be like a reconciling, a healing presence in places where there's separation, but to always be working for the unity that Jesus prays for in that gospel. Being one with each other as well as one with the Lord. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, that all may be one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. Sister, how did you choose your vocation? How did you hear the call? Well, it's interesting because I I feel as though the vocation chooses us. I really do believe in a call. I really believe that it's something that came from God deep inside me. And it probably started early on, even though I would never have named it that. I think my earliest memories have to do with a real sense, even as a child, of of wanting to be on God's side. I always had this feeling that I wanted to be part of making the world better. And in doing that, to be somehow connected to God, pleasing to God, a real sense of that. And I think I've always been attracted to goodness and people in whom I saw goodness. And so... Even though for years, not until I was at the end of my junior year in college, I thought I was going to be on God's side as a mother and a wife, I ended up going on a retreat and hearing one of our sisters speak 
about the call to religious life. When I listened to her, that I felt very clearly that I thought she was speaking to me and that this was the, the path I was meant to choose. And the restlessness I'd been experiencing was because I hadn't found the right place for me. And in community, this was the right place, that this was where I was meant to be all along. So you found a special peace in your heart yes. at the retreat. And yes. that this was God calling you to a religious life. Right. Because I already felt that my life had been given to God. It was just trying to find which way do you want me? And then it was like, oh, this is the way. I didn't know many people at that time who were entering, so it was unexpected, but right. And an unexpected peace that you didn't originally look for, it came Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That has never left. <laughs> Wonderful. A uh, peace that's never left. How the world needs that today. Mm-hmm. Huh? In, and, mm-hmm. and the craziness of our world. So then you went on and also, could you share a little bit about your missionary work, in particular, your work with individuals with AIDS? Okay. I do believe that every part of our journey is somehow connected. I do believe that God prepares us for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And sometimes it's not until we're looking back that we see those patterns where where God was getting us ready for something. So when the AIDS epidemic was first starting, I was in a high school and there was so much fear around it and and often with fear there's judgment and I really had a sense that these were the the people, people who were being stricken with this horrible disease and becoming outcasts, these were the people Jesus would stand with. And so from the earliest days, you know, we did fundraising for AIDS research. And then I ended up getting involved with the prevention of AIDS, going around and doing education. And then I went for my master's in social work. And I was unexpectedly assigned, almost it seemed like a mistake, but to be in my internship was at a hospice, which was not what I was looking for. But as part of this, you know, there were people, young people dying of AIDS, and I asked to be assigned to them, again, because I believed that this is where Jesus wanted us to be, wanted me to be, where Jesus would be. And that experience was very profound for me. And so as when I graduated, I was offered a position that our community was creating. It was a supportive housing program. And within that was a program for people living with HIV and AIDS, and many of whom were also dying. And I became the director and, in a sense, the creator of that program. And when I look back, I really believe that God was preparing me all along doing the hospice work, educating about HIV and AIDS. And so that when I went there, it was 
something that was familiar and I wasn't afraid to be sitting with people who were dying. So I believe that if we take the time to pay attention, we see God's work all along the way. So that's how I got into it. So as you were on this journey, what were some of the greatest rewards as you've also felt a tremendous peace in your missionary work? When I began there, the program was designed for people who were homeless. And so it was a place where they could come and initially it was to die with dignity and to have shelter and companionship and care. And our apartments were set up so that the residents shared a four bedroom apartment. So there were four people per apartment. And many of the residents who came to us, they were homeless for multiple reasons. Some had been alienated from their families, often because of fear, sometimes judgment, which can be an offshoot of fear. Some of them were also struggling with addiction. That can be a way to self-medicate if you're struggling with life and illness and depression. Some of them also had depression or other mental health challenges. So they came with a whole a lot of trauma. And we tried to create a community where respect was the bottom line, meaning respect everywhere. You know, the residents respect each other. The staff respects residents. It was everyone's bottom line. We're really trying to cultivate a place of acceptance and love and caring and respect. And I think the beauty of what we were able to do there together was help the residents, this actually you know, connects to the transfiguration, to see beyond what is ordinary or in front of them, but to see the possibilities when love becomes the focus and acceptance. And I mean, they knew I was a sister. Not everybody was Catholic, but they knew I was a sister. And that mattered very much so to them because they wanted a connection to God. They wanted to believe that there was something bigger than them that were, was helping them get through this. And they wanted to believe that they were loved. I remember one of them saying to me, when you love me, sister, it helps me believe God loves me. And often God uses us humans to be God's heart and to help people believe more that they are worth something and that they are beloved in God's eyes. So when you can create that kind of environment, people thrive. And the residents stopped needing to come out of a place of surviving to get through their basic needs, and they began to thrive because they felt cared about, and then they in turn were caring about each other. And they felt like they were healing, and they in turn healed each other and us because it's it's always mutual. I mean, Jesus talked about that, and it's true. It, it's like what you give, you will receive a hundredfold. Those aren't just words. That, that's real. 
because we need each other, we heal each other, we teach each other. And if we can be open, you know, we learn so much from each other. So that was the beauty. And so for those who were dying, well, they died surrounded by love and with dignity. And for those who lived, and there were many, they began to not only survive, but hope and then dream. So we had people getting reunited with their families, reunited with their children. Some got their GEDs. Some even went on to college. And one of the best examples for me is that the person who is now the director of this program, where I was director for 17 years, came to us homeless, you know, living behind a dumpster. And now he not only directs the program, but he always says to me, I'm carrying on the spirit that you, we created all those years ago so that it's a community of love. Amazing. Amazing, sister. What an incredible story. And I love how you shared how you give a little and Jesus gives us so much back. It's true. It, and that's what you got to experience in your mm -hmm. journey in serving those with AIDS. Absolutely. It's like they served me, <laughs> they taught me, they healed me. Uh, and it was, you know, I came to understand more and more deeply what Jesus was talking about. Mm. You know, one of the priests that I interviewed shared that we think as missionaries so often that we have our job to deliver Jesus to others. But mm -hmm. in reality, when we serve others, they deliver Jesus to us. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what you experienced in your journey, serving right. those with AIDS. What were some of the greatest challenges you had to face? Well, certainly in the early days, there was a, a lot of fear and we weren't welcome in the neighborhood. We hear this often about places, you know, where people have concerns about what, what's going to happen to their neighborhood. And the deaths were heartbreaking. We did have some people who overdosed, and that was heartbreaking. And others who continued to struggle with their addiction, that was heartbreaking. And I used to say to the residents, this isn't about good choices or bad choices or good people or bad people. That what God wants for you is life to the fullest and freedom, freedom of a child of God, healing. So it wasn't about judgment. It was truly about wanting you to know that God has a dream for you. And it's so much bigger than being tied to a drug or alcohol or or a life that is can be self-destructive. That was some of the, the biggest challenges when we couldn't even break through that. And you endured for 17 years. I did. Well serving serving yeah. those with AIDS. So sister, I, I bet the listeners are wondering how come you left? How come you had to leave? I think leaving New Beginnings was the hardest thing I ever did. 
it was like a death for me, really. But I think there were some changes that were happening. The good news is that there were great discoveries in the medical field for HIV and AIDS. So by the time I left, it was becoming more and more of a chronic illness. So we weren't seeing the people dying. There were more opportunities for them for medications. And it was just the whole program had changed. I think there was greater education and acceptance in the community. So some of the reasons where I felt called to it were different. So that was some, I think that was some of it. And then I, I think also it does take a toll to bury a lot of people, whether it was AIDS and then eventually it was addiction. And some of the, there was shifting even in the whole field of recovery. And it was hard for me sometimes to let people continue to use where they are, not because of judgment, but because of a belief that God really wanted more for us, not from us. So that was harder. But when I left, I think the hardest part for me was who will love them the way I do? And then my question became, okay, God, where will I love next? But it it felt inside like it was time. But as I said, I sobbed. (laughs) And, And when I told the residents, it was just, I will never forget how painful it felt for me leaving them because I truly loved them and and it was hard for them and and that was painful for me too because I didn't want them to think that I didn't care so I mean yeah. I did stay connected and I have but I guess you you know inside when it's time as hard as it, as it is sister thank you so much for sharing you sound so much like other missionaries who were in the mission field for so long, and yet the Lord asked them to do something else mm-hmm. and to to hear a different call. And that seems like a resounding theme for so many missionaries. Mm-hmm. Their hearts are so in it. They're so involved. And yet God will say, yes, but I need you someplace else. I need you to do yes. something else. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the way the Lord is saying, surrender all. And to be discerning. I really believe we need to live our lives in a way that's discerning, which is always listening to what God is asking of us, inviting us to, where the Spirit is leading us. I mean, that's a daily part of my life. I'm a yes to you, God, wherever, whatever that means. So I have to keep listening. Have to keep listening. A good lesson for us all. Mm-hmm. As we continue in our discussion, you've already talked about the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. Is there anything else you want to share about how the gospel readings have magnified your call to the mission? I think what the Transfiguration teaches us, some have said it's the, the place where heaven meets earth where we see something beyond what we have known, 
we see the glory of God. We hear of God's love for Jesus and his pleasure in Jesus and saying, listen to him. Follow the way of Jesus. Follow the way to love, which is for all of us. Maybe the part that I didn't say out loud about my work at New Beginnings is I'm such a firm believer in the place of grace. And our residents, from wherever they came, there was a deep desire to connect with God. There was a, a quest for spirituality. We ended every meeting. We used to have community meetings, and we ended every one with the Our Father. So there was a not only a desire to know God, but a desire to be strengthened by God. And so when I say I really believe in grace, so much of what happened there was because of the presence of the holy. And even sometimes I'd be sitting with two residents in a conflict with each other, and some of them had come from the street, so their way of dealing could be rocky, to say the least. But I would pray for grace. I'd say, okay, God, you're bigger than we are. Bring us to a place beyond ourselves. Give us the grace to do this, to just be here and, and make us bigger than we are without you. And what would happen between those residents? They would end up standing up, hugging each other. Someone might be crying. And these some of these, they were survivors. But it was beautiful. And they would leave and I would say, wow, <laughs> there was something bigger than us here. We could feel you, God. So there's no question that everything good that happened in that place was because of God's blessing and the Spirit's presence. It was our desire to be open, and it was God's blessing, truly. That would not have happened without it. So much of the, the miracles that happened would not have happened. I'm a firm believer that we... We need to keep opening our hands to God. But you opened up your hands to God, just like mm -hmm. in the Feast of the Transfiguration. You saw heaven mm -hmm. on earth. You tasted yes. heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. And believe that we're called to that, that fullness, life to the full. Is there anything else you want to share about the Sunday readings that uh, have touched your heart as you serve in the mission field? Well, I love the line about, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. I think I resonate as long as I can remember. I have wanted to be pleasing with God. And there's a beautiful line from Chariots of Fire where the runner who doesn't run on the Sabbath, but he says, God made me fast. And when I am fast, I feel God's pleasure. I loved that line because it's like God gives us gifts and God is pleased when we use those gifts. So I think the more we can help people know that when we're loving, we're pleasing to God, that God smiles on love and that every one of us, wherever we are, are called to love. And even when it's really hard, we say, okay, help me because it's not always easy. So give, give us your grace. But when we do, it's powerful. Mm. 
Give us your grace. I have no doubt, sister, that the Lord has smiled on you often. Thank you. <laughs> Before I let you go, is there any advice you, you have for our listeners? If they're thinking about entering into the mission field or thinking about entering into religious life? I, I really do believe the spirit is manifested in energy. And so if there's a stirring inside you, to pay attention to that, because that's often how God speaks. If there's a desire to you know, use your life for your, your love for good, for a way to help be a part of making the world more loving, pay attention because that's a gift and an invitation. And in terms of religious life, I do believe that's a call. And it often doesn't make sense to us. <laughs> and yet, if it's there and it won't go away, it's real, trust it, and it will lead you to your peace and your place. Well, may all of our listeners find that peace and that place that God is calling them to, to do and to be. Sister, thank you so much for your time and for all that you do with the Sisters of St. Joseph. We really appreciate all that you shared. You're welcome. <laughs> and also, talking about God and about the potential for, and the power of love is my favorite subject. So... <laughs> I'm happy to do that. From deep inside me, my uh, my only message in my life is when in doubt, love. It is the only thing God asks. Well, again, sister, I, I have no doubt that our listeners have been blessed by all that you have shared. Thank you again. You're welcome. And, and again, may all of us continue to search for what God is calling us to do and to continue to listen. Let us all go forth and spread the good news. Go Forth is a service of the United States Catholic Mission Association, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and Mission Cafe details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by license with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen.
steals his kindness wall. 